Welcome back to the Character Corner with your host Chris and Deepom here. Uh, man, it's it's been a while. We haven't done one in shit almost exactly a month. I think the last one we recorded, I released it on October twelfth, and here it is, November thirteenth, and um, we are back to do what, our. What are you doing? These are evergreen. What do you? What do you? Come on. I mean, people, it's fine. It's still gonna listen. They don't give a fuck about this. They're fine. Um, yeah, something to say. One of us is trying to maintain the illusion. Ah, well, you guys will listen. You guys, they just want to hear the facts. Um, I I will say this. Um, yeah, I do. I'm just, I also got to let the people who are listening live to us who have been waiting on this to know. Uh, also, this is the last, um, numbered character corner. Uh, this is, what's this? 78? No, 78. This is 79, I believe. This is episode yes. 79. Um, this is the last number one of 2019. Uh, we'll have one more Character Corner episode coming out. It'll be uh, the pull list, uh, which hopefully will coincide whenever they release Doomsday Clock. <laughs> Sometime next month. <laughs> we will. I'm just... I, the thing is, now that like we're in the full swing of watching on television and... I'm caught up on Doomsday Clock, and you've seen some of the other things that are happening in DC that we'll talk about during the polls. I'm just salivating yeah. for how they're going to do this. Yeah. So it's 47 pages. Yeah. Oh, the last issue. Yeah. It's got to be. I mean, they, uh, we'll talk about that. We'll, <laughs> we'll talk about that next month. We're not. That's not what this show is. This show is uh, another uh, milestone for us. We are wrapping up. Uh, our Claremont X-Men run. Uh, we're doing part four here. We're also tying in the last 20 issues of uh, his run on New Mutants with this. We'll start with that. But before we get into all of that, because, you know, this is a character corner. We talk about our favorite character uh, characters in comic books, or we do things like, you know, go through a run of uh, one of our favorite creators, Chris Claremont, in this X-Men run. Um, Deepom does have some... We have some new reviews on uh, iTunes. And I think Deepom's going to read So you guys it. know the policy. Five-star review. You get it right on the air. Uh, we do appreciate it. Thanks for making work less. I can't read the whole title. Uh, this is from Holly Pop. The Hello got into comics recently because I got curious about what comic they animated first. Pretty random, I know. Then I slipped into collecting comics. Random. I ended up with things I didn't know existed. My favorite I found is Amethyst of Jim World. I found it so interesting. I wanted to know more character stories. I didn't have enough to know full stories, so I was looking for a comic character podcast. Y'all were exactly what I was looking for. I've been listening while doing books at work, and it's great. Thank you for putting your time into this because it shows. Thank you for listening. A year ago, Amethyst Jimworld would not ring a bell for me, but <laughs> Ben just put her in Young Justice, and so now I'm like, oh, me too. <laughs> that's, that's great. There are no bad characters. I'm telling you, man. Get a writer that cares you can make it work. And the second new review is from Mouth Dork says, give me more. Are you hungry for thoughtful conversation featuring fresh perspective that doesn't fall into the same dull POV of so many comic book podcasts? Well, look no further. You found that voice sending much love from your friends at the Comic Book Couples Counseling Podcast. Thank you for listening. I thought they were calling us because we fight so much. Do we, we don't fight. We Maybe not here. If, they listen, if you listen to us across the, the network, they've heard the arguments. <laughs> they've heard you trolling me over. They listen to this podcast. I was, I was more thinking, yeah, I don't consider those fights. I mean, maybe me antagonizing you. I mean, maybe. If you've heard a mailbag, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I have no defense. 
five-star reviews. We read them on the air. Thank you for sending them. Thank you for listening. Let's get into this, man. All right. Wait, there's one more. Did you not have that last one? Oh, I'm sorry. Yep, I did the last one. No name, five, zero, 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 five. Amazing stuff. Literally have been binging all these episodes in the last few of weeks. I thought I was a hardcore comic nerd. Then the crowd in the arena broke out the Dindindikos. Started drumming. I realized this is going to be a long night. Bravo, gentlemen, bravo. That's a reference that's lost on me, so I have to assume it's a good thing. <laughs> um, all right. So, again, thank you guys very much for um, sending your emails. Like, we... I, I said this on the insane. If you listen to it across the network, you know I've been talking about this on the insane check. It has been the longest, the shortest, longest year ever. Um, so we are literally uh, creeping, crawling out of 2019 because it's it's been a lot. You boys are tired, yo. We we are absolutely tired. We really were expecting to do this back in October as part of month of X, but honestly, um, you're tired as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, we old. The shows came back. We're busy. We're both working people. Like Chris is building a damn house. Yeah, it's just it's 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 just a lot going on. Uh, but we definitely wanted to finish this Claremont run here. We originally had planned to do the New Mutants part, but just to let you all know the plan, what that is. Um, and we're gonna talk about this, but Claremont's issues on on New Mutants end in fifty four, and I want to say. We finished the Claremont, uh, the New Mutants Part 1 at 34. So there's only 20 issues, so it didn't feel right to do a whole episode on just those 20 issues. And we know that from 55 on, uh, uh, Louise Simonson takes over, and then that goes all the way until, I want to say she writes until, uh, I can't remember when she writes. I know she doesn't go all the way to 100. Um, and then that book turns to the X Force. She leaves in '97. Yeah, that's what I thought. '97. So, and then it turns into X Force. So, we're gonna probably do that, and and um, at some point we'll do a whole X Force thing. So, those New Mutants issues, which some of them we do already talk about, and when we talk about some of the X Men stuff, and they're very uh, hands on and tied in there. And honestly, you know, we did Claremont, and we'll talk about this more. But I kind of want to do a Louise Simonson run at some point. Let's get through this. How about that? <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'm not saying that. I, I said at some point. We've done this, this whole run of creators thing. It's been a lot. It's been a lot. I don't know. Like I said, maybe it's this a good one, lot. It's yeah. a good lot. Let's look down at It has been a lot. I think it might it might be one of those things where we do this like once once every year. You guys get us to we pick a creator and we do that kind of stuff. Because I'm not gonna lie, we started we started this back in. Didn't we start this back in like May? We started this back in we started this back in May. We had to throw some other stuff in between there. We started this back in May. So, um, but uh, the first thing I want to do is let's let's, let's knock out this, the, some of the new mutant stuff first, and this is some of the the other stuff, and then we'll get into the X Men stuff. And um, and I I'm I'm really excited to kind of talk about all this stuff. But the first thing I want to kind of get into with the new men's where we left off with that is with Magneto taking over a headmaster of of the school, right? Because uh, this is going all the way back to I want to say part. Two of our Claremont X Men run, we were talking about how the Trial of Magneto uh, issue on uh, Uncanny X Men two hundred. Um, we talked about this briefly also in the New Mutant stuff. That up to that point, the New Mutants have also been going through a whole bunch of other stuff, right? We already covered um, them finding out that Karma's alive and the Shadow King, which comes up later on, and right. we talk about the X Men stuff a lot. Um, there, there's a whole big thing um, when Magneto takes over the school. And I, I think we we talked about this when we did the first the, the first New Mutants run, right? That 
Claremont doing the New Mutants was basically a reset and him basically rebooting the X-Men with a, a young group of, of kids uh, under Xavier's school and really kind of nailing some of the things that you didn't always get when you started the X-Men. And so there's a whole thing here where you have Magneto taking over the school and you automatically assume, like, this is a, an ex-villain, this is a, he's an international terrorist, there's clearly going to be that friction here. But one of the bigger things I found when rereading this stuff was that the New Mutants themselves had just been through a fucking lot. Like so much. We 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 kind of gloss over a little bit there, um, because Secret Wars two is kind. Was it Secret Wars two? Yeah, Secret was Secret Wars two. Yeah, yeah Secret Wars two is kind of just a lot in itself anyway. So we didn't really go a whole lot into it, but. The Nubians themselves had serious trauma from that. I mean, they were basically killed and brought back and used as toys by the Beyonder. The whole, uh, yeah, it's a whole thing. Um, you have Ileana and her whole uh, dark child personality and what's going on with her. You have um, Danny uh, and becoming a Valkyrie and their whole adventure in and Asgard with all the Nubians there, like. You know, when when X Men two when uh, Uncanny X Men two hundred happens, the the new mutants in them have just finished like uh, kind of all of that, and they get transported back, and so that is the setting for Magneto taking over the school. He's taking over the school, and it's already going to be a lot because he has so much to prove. He's trying to fill these shoes for Charles Xavier, but you have a you have a group of kids that is honestly um supremely traumatized. It's it's so wild because you made a good point that we talked about when they initially did the New Mutants. It was kind of revisiting the young days of the X Men, but with kind of modern writing sensibilities. Mm-hmm. Now we're seeing that logically there'd be fallout from these kids going through this shit. Yeah, yeah, they they are they are not in a good place. And what I find interesting about these twenty issues is. It doesn't go as you expect. Like there are certain things that are happening. Like there's a one of the bigger things that happens here when when Magneto takes over the school is there's this undercurrent thing of um, Emma trying to take the students back and have the new men to join the Hellions, right? And you're just like, oh, it's Emma's back up to her old tricks again. All this stuff is going down, but the way that whole thing unfolds, it really ends up coming down to letting kind of it, it really comes down to a therapy session for. Almost everybody involved, even Magneto himself, because Magneto himself kind of gets this idea that he's not, he's, he has all these insecurities for taking over Charles Xavier, right? It's like, you've literally started over again with, uh, now Magneto is the headmaster of the school. He doesn't believe, he's never kind of really been in this role before. He's trying to live up to the, go ahead. It's wild because... And, and I always say this, when we talk about this run, all the Claremont stuff, everything you love about these characters came from Chris Claremont. The second-guessing, you know, the doubting Magneto. Mm-hmm. The one who questions himself, that makes him even somehow both more, more villainous for overcoming those doubts and more heroic for when they do conquer him. It's established here. Like we talked about early on, we get his background as a Holocaust survivor only comes about because of Chris Claremont. Yeah, yeah. Everything here. The uh, things that we appreciate for Emma now, like the development of her second secondary mutation, was because of the trauma of losing students again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like her as a nurturer, us thinking it's 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 coming from a bad place, but her genuinely seeing herself as put on this earth to protect these children. 
Yeah, and that was the interesting thing. It's like it really does come off in this early part of this run of this little this, this section of these 20 issues. It really does come off as because Empath is one of the ones he's kind of working kind of for Emma, but not really uh, to kind of, uh, you know, and, and again, we've run into Empath before with the Hellions and kind of amplifying some of the more base instincts. And he's kind of helping push the like the new mutants are dead they just they have no interest in anything they're doing they don't they have no fight in them. like the their their whole thing with the beyond however you feel about secret war sue right i personally think it's a complete hot fucking mess however you think great stuff for rachel for rachel summers right it, it, exactly it, it does it does have it it has its purposes and i think one of the purposes is the setting that it puts the new mutants in like they are pretty much dead inside um and it gives for most of them and then danny herself Moonstar is a she has a whole her whole other thing going on where she's now trying to figure out who she is she's you know cheyenne she's a new mutant she's a mutant regular mutant she's a valkyrie now with her own steed she has bright wing like she has all these things that she's trying to wrestle with her in, in herself. So she actually kind of separates, like the rest of the new mutants have their own issues going on. She kind of separates off from that because as a Valkyrie, she has the ability to perceive and sense death coming. So that's really fucking with her and the whole idea of uh, the Beyonder and what they want and they them all dying from the, the, the hands of Beyonder. She's all messed up. The rest of the, the, rest of the uh, new mutants are just completely out of it completely. And Emma's base. Emma basically hits uh, Magneto with that uh, uh, that line that uh, uh, Tiny Liston uh, uh, hits uh, old boy in, in in Dark Knight. Like, you know, just tell him I took it from you. Like, he, she just comes oh, over. It's like, yeah. yeah, just comes in and was like, just come on, come on, come on, Eric. You know, you're not. You're not. You're. You know, you are not built to take care of these kids, right? And uh, granted, part of that is empath kind of amplifying Magneto's own self-doubt in him, which again, like you said, I think one of the greatest things about Claremont's run throughout all of this stuff and his greatest contributions is how much how much he humanizes these characters, particularly for characters that are mutants, where in 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 comics, the uh the humans don't humanize mutants, right? They do everything to, to make it seem like the mutants aren't humans and don't have these human human behaviors. But Claremont does a really good job of humanizing all these people. Like, Magneto's an international terrorist. Like, there's that one point where Magneto realizes that um, he believes that he's been fooled by Empath and, um, and uh, <clears throat> Emma. And so he goes to get the kids back. He's not going to fight Emma. He's just going to go confront her. And Emma is basically like, mm, I'm just going to call the police because he's a terrorist and what's going right. to happen. And the police end up calling the Avengers. And so Magneto ends up having to basically fight the Avengers with Warlock. He's not trying to fight the. He's not even trying to fight them, though. And so you, you see Magneto, like, you know, trying to fight back this perception of everybody going like, but you're Magneto. Of course you're trying to do something evil. We don't believe you in him trying to protect Warlock and protect the kids and trying to do the right thing. And you see the struggle for this guy that we've seen do terrorist acts. Like it's, 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 it's one of the, again, one of the greatest gifts that Claremont gave us with this is a seeing these humanizing parts of this character. And it goes back to why I think Magneto is one of the greater villains 
in comic book history because of this. You have he's more than just a villain. You you you've seen that other side of Magneto. You've seen that side of him being a teacher. So when they do things like you know uh, him being the one to carry on uh, Charles Xavier's vision in Age of Apocalypse, it makes total sense. You it's, know? it's not just in comic books, in literature. Like he is, yeah. That that's the true villain. Yeah, the villain is the one who's convinced he's doing it right. Yeah, absolutely. And you get it. So, um, and I, and I, I really enjoyed how they kind of formulated uh, those issues right there with um, with with Magneto and. Again, that's that's pretty much. There's some other things in here, um, but we've covered some of the later stuff that actually isn't uh, Claremont with the New Mutants, with like Fall of the Mutants and things like that. All that stuff comes from right. Louis Simonson. Again, I think the the bigger piece here is Claremont basically leaves um, leaves us with uh, this setting of Magneto being him after school, him already having his insecurities and being a little bit different. Again, still having them kind of separate from the X-Men, because again, the X-Men at this point are all over the place. They're either, I think at this point, they're considered dead in Australia. Um, you have uh, the original team of X-Men uh, are X-Factor. And then we've also at this point, this might be too early for this, but uh, eventually you're going to have some, some over in Excalibur. So when you start looking at some of the other stuff we covered in the first three, uh, pretty much part three, of the Claremont X-Men series, you'll see where everyone else is in relation to the, the new moons. But this piece here is just kind of setting that, that, that stage for what happens next with the, the new mutants from, uh, I want to say, uh, Doug Ramsey dies. And I want to say in issue 60, uh, again, that's after Claremont leaves. Um, the whole, you're, you're getting more, uh, of the, uh, 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 Ileana's, uh, uh, um, uh, pushing back on her dark side and her dark child personality and things like that. Like all that stuff is kind of, of, of set here. Another big piece here is in issue 51, again, like three issues before our Claremont leaves. He also set the stage for Magneto joining the Hellfire Club with Storm. Um, because at this point, this is right after the massacre of the Morlocks. And so the idea is that the X Men. And, and Magneto will put will be part of the Hellfire Club, kind of pull their resources and join together so that a massacre like this wouldn't happen again. And also this idea of we're going to join the Hellfire Club to kind of keep an eye on them so they're, they're off the board in terms of being our villains. Now, later it's, on. It's kind of wild because you're talking about what Hickman's doing today. That's kind of the beginning. It's, it's the we're tired of being hunted. We're going to stand together. We're going to find yeah. a way to stand together. Yeah. So, so again, like you said, going into what we've seen with what Hickman's done, done when you read those house of x and powers x and, and now the current x-men it's not again it's not that far off from what the, the seas that claremont led there was a time when and at that point now again i know that later on the line not claremont but i think they later on the line kind of retconned it so that uh magneto had joined the hellfire club because it was all a ruse and he was never really reformed and all this other stuff but like at this point it's not that the idea was Magneto and Storm, and Storm actually encourages Magneto to do this because right. even Magneto's like, I don't know if that's a good idea. I probably shouldn't do that. And Storm's like, No, we need to do this. We need to pretty much, you know, that black actors got to stick together thing. It's, you know, us mutants got to stick together. We got to do this. And we'd rather keep an eye on them from the inside 
than not know what they're doing. So that to me, I think is where we have that lasting uh, set of where we leave at. And again, even to this day, Danny still has some of her Valkyrie powers that they've been taken away and she's gotten them back. But that's where that piece came from is all on this new mutants run here. And then Simonson, Simonson takes over, uh, I guess in issue 55 going forward. And then we kind of cover some of that other stuff in there with, uh, fall of the mutants and, um, and obviously Inferno, which is also another big piece of new mutant lore. And then we'll cover the rest of that stuff when we at some point do, um, some X Force stuff. I know we've covered a little bit already. If you go back and listen to our our cable character corner, you'll hear some of the stuff there. Um, but it's all kind of tied together there. Um, I think that pretty much covers most of we I, need to cover the big pieces. That was very comprehensive. Yeah, and you so. covered stuff that I wasn't going to talk about because I'm in stuff. Yeah, I mean, because it, it 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 all kind of ties in there. So, uh, but yeah, you okay. can definitely go and check that stuff out. But that again, we wanted to kind of keep it just on the Claremont stuff. So now let's get into um, let's get into the X Men. Let's let's get into uh, us ending um, Claremont's run on the X Men. Everything you love about X Men came from Chris Claremont. Yeah, this, what we're about to cover right now. This I, I want to start. I can't remember where exactly we left off at. I think we we left off at in the forties. I want to say maybe a little bit later than that. I, I have to go look it up and see. Um, I can look it up right now. Take a look. I guess we ended up in the seventies. Didn't we end with Sinister getting uh, blasted by Scott? Yeah, that's about where we ended at. I thought that's where we stopped, but let me let me make sure. Riveting podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, a lot of podcasting folks, at least for us. So you got to. You know, it is what it is. Yeah, you got you got you got to say it. It's in, it's in the it's in the notes, but um, <clears throat> while he's looking that up, the um. Where we le- actually I have it right here. Hold on. I got it right here for you guys because we covered. And it's kind of hard to cover some of the stuff right now. Let's see. Yeah, we ended it around two forty three. So two forty three. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right when uh, Scott, when they the the next time they blew up the the mansion. Right, right, right. So we ended two forty three. Um, and and so what we're gonna cover right now is basically two forty four. Through Claremont's last issue, I think he's credited past it, but his last actual writing issue is 280, um, which is basically the end of I think they call it the either the Mirror Island saga or the the Shadow King saga. I've always uh, called it the Mirror Island saga. Yeah, a lot of people call it the Mirror and Island. And then also, saga. are we going to cover the three the most the best selling oh. issue comic of all oh, time? Oh yes, of course. We're gonna we, we obviously oh, yeah, okay, we, we got to because well <laughs> what I'm saying is so we we cover this uncanny X Men from 244 to 280 and this again leads us to uh, and then we'll cover those first three issues of the X Men series that breaks out from this because what happens is from 240 to 280 where this is a, what you by the time you get to the end of this what you've set up for now is the the now infamous and what everybody thinks of when you think of X Men in the 90s the the blue and gold teams because of this Which was a great idea yeah oh listen we have to we're, we're we'll save our whole thing like there are things i love about the 90s x-men because again i i i read a lot of 90s x-men things but that also we'll put it this way when claremont leaves is when you start getting um a little bit hmm, overboard with certain things uh Hollow covers, variants, and th- there are good ideas in there. 
No, no. Hey, look, don't get me wrong. There are definitely some great things happening there. Um, but it got a little out of control. I think that's fair. Got a little out of control. Um, but no, I mean, the things we think about when you think about the X-Men gold team, the X-Men blue team, and, and because at, at, by the time we get to the end of this, basically <clears throat> everything kind of, it, it's one of the things we talk about all the time, right? When, when Claremont leaves, he does something that you don't see all the time. Like we talk about this all the time with Grant Morrison. We love Grant Morrison, but Grant Morrison is not the kind of writer and creator who will put all the toys back in the box after he's taken them out and played with them a little bit. Like he's made a mess of it. And he's like, clean it up, go clean up yourself. Right. Zorn is my meat up peace bitches. Right. And, and so, and, and again, I love Grant Morrison. Don't get me wrong. I think he's crazy. He is crazy. I don't want him to cast a spell on us. I, so I too. <laughs> um, but what Claremont does in, in this run is he wraps up a lot of the stuff that he's been stealing for a while. And then literally he puts all the toys back in the box. Because by the time we end, you're going to get the original X-Men coming home. Uh, Charles Xavier is back in the chair, you know, not walking anymore, and is back in the mansion. Like, everything is back to where it was, for the most part, when Claremont left. And now you're left with Charles Xavier once again going... What am I gonna do with like seventy X Men on this? What the fuck am I gonna do? Be my X Men, all right. you motherfuckers. And, and and so you get this family, and then so with that the idea, and again the the brilliant idea of let's break them out in the teams and break them in their own separate books. It's a, it was a great idea. So got a little out of control at some points, but like that's what that's what the lasting legacy is. We we have we have all this stuff happening, and then all of it gets put back together. Like, and we're going to go through this in more detail, obviously. But some of the recurring themes we get that that, that gets wrapped up in this this fourth part we're covering here in these two forty to uh, two forty four to two eighty is we get more of the Reavers. Because remember, at this point, the the X Men had then when we last left off, the X Men had uh, ran the uh, not even where we last left off, but back earlier, the X Men had ran the Reavers out of Australia. The Reavers come back in a big way, right? You have uh, more Storms arc. Like, I, I cannot stress this enough, having gone back and read all of this stuff, this is, I don't want to say this is Claremont's entire X-Men run is Storm story, but there is so it is. much. But it it kind of is. Like You and I said that when we started this, and I yeah. thought, like, maybe we overstated it, but having reread it, like, like we were right. She's at the center of so much of the Claremont run. Like, there is a, the, like, Every time I turn around, Storm is there. And throughout the entire thing, since she beat S- Scott, she's literally... There's a time when Storm becomes... Gets, gets, tra- gets, gets tra- transferred into a younger body. Like, she's literally a kid. It's like Kid Storm. She's still leader of the X-Men. <laughs> she's still literally still leader of the X-Men in a kid's body. Like... That is, it is, this is Storm's arc as, as, as everywhere you go, there's a Storm story. And she even comes into play when the new moon stuff comes in. So, so Storm's arc there. Uh, there, Genosha comes back in a huge way, right? We have the X Men being dead is always a, a, a recurring theme here. The various different X Men teams. And again, this arc ends with basically Claremont putting all the toys back in the box, and even the, putting them back in the box, but then also recreating new things. Because you get you get the X when you think X Factor these days, most people actually kind of don't think the original X Men. They think the team led by Polaris and, and and Havoc, and 
that's where that came from. It, 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 you, end, you end on certain things because of this. And then the bigger one is the Shadow King, which has, who is a, a character that has quietly been in the background of certain arcs that we've had in here because he also shows up. He was a big part of the new mutants, part of the trauma they had because he took over Karma's body, right? And, and all the things going on over there. Uh, you kind of forget about the Shadow King, but towards the back end of this, this run, the Shadow King comes back in a big way and is literally uh, where Claremont ends his run at. So all of these things come back and he kind of goes in here. I, I mentioned the Reavers. The Reavers are big ones. Can remember, the Reavers came because Wolverine whooped the ass of those no-name fucking uh, 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 Hellfire Club pawns. You don't think this, anything. You don't think anything really above it. It's really good that you bring this up because I was reading an interview with uh, Brian Bendis about what he did in uh, Leviathan this month, mm-hmm. and one thing he talked about is something that was echoed by Jonathan Hickman about X Men is you want to be additive, not destructive, when you come to something. Mm-hmm. And this was really the first person who said everything you love, it all matters. Which one counts? It all, it, it's literally the first time where you look back at the run and say, well, what part of it counts, Mr. Claremont? He says, all of it counts. Mm-hmm. All of it mattered. And here's why. And everyone since then, not, not, not being reductive of everything since, but really until Hickman, it's been kind of a who can play the best Chris Claremont cover band. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of course, there's outliers like Morrison where it just got weird. <laughs> Yeah, but you know what I'm saying? Like the form and function. Like the reason Joss Whedon's astonishing run works in 24 issues is because he did the four big Claremont stories: mm-hmm. a cure, space, uh, oh, 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 he, uh, betrayal within the ranks, and Sentinels. Mm-hmm. Those are the big Claremont stories, and he did them. And he told them. He did them wonderfully. Yeah. Yeah, um, I uh, to give you guys a, a hint of just how some of the stuff always comes back together. Uh, remember we talked about this. I want to say it was in part three about how when the X Men were killed um, during uh, uh, what was that during Fall of the Mutants and they were brought back to life. The the one of the lasting things with them was that that, that they were basically they they had a virus that wiped their existence from all the computers and technology couldn't couldn't view them. That comes back an extinction agenda when they're like, you can't, uh, the, the Genosians have captured some of the X-Men. And they're like, you can't put us on trial. We're Americans. Are like, we can't find you any database. And Cable's like, what the fuck are they talking about? They're like, oh yeah, we kind of, um, we can't, we, we kind of had our, we had our virus that basically wiped our existence from all the computers. Just like, so when are you going to tell me this? Like, it's, it's, it's that kind of small thing there that you don't, you don't think anything of that happened like 40 issues of, uh, 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 before. And you're like, oh, that's right. They can't be viewed by. Oh, shit. And like, you and I were raised on this. So I think that's why we have a partial, uh, a partialness to creators given the chance to tell a long story. Oh, yeah. And this is the longest story. Because <laughs> this is a long fucking story. <laughs> Um, so let's, let's start at the beginning. We'll get into, uh, leading up to extinction agenda. But, um, one of the first things we have here is that kind of starts from, from this is, uh, we don't have to get too much into it. It's only like one issue of Claremont's and there's a couple other stuff, but it's the days of future present stuff that, um, it, I think I did want to mention it, mention it up because it does reunite Rachel with uh, a future adult Franklin. 
for a bit. Um, so they bring that up in there, and th- from there, there are just some some there's some small issues here and there that do certain things. Issue forty four um, is actually uh, where we start this run. Is actually the uh, first probably I think cameo appearance of Jubilee. Uh, the daughter of two Chinese immigrants, uh, parents ends up being killed. She ends up following the X-Men back through the portal one secretly one time to Australia and basically living in their compound without them knowing. Um, she kind of just sits there for a while. You don't see anything of her until 251, which is that, um, great cover that has, uh, uh, Wolverine crucified by the, um, on the giant X by the Reavers. And uh, that's basically where you get Wolverine and Jubilee teaming up for the first time. She kind of saves them and go ahead. She's the first legacy Logan sidekick. Yeah. If you'll notice through these multiple iterations of Wolverine, he always takes a young girl under his wing. It allows you to make to to shorthand show he's protective without having to do some of the work and some of the writing. I found that from some writers, Joss Whedon and Armor, who came out of nowhere. <laughs> right, right, right. Really, but, but she's he, the first legacy. The first one, Shadowcat. Yeah, and who he, who goes from nice Jewish schoolgirl to fucking ninja? Yeah, she's a ninja. I mean, that's yeah. Like. Like, Logan says more than once, you're someone I would never want to think was fucking Pride. You guys get Pride mad at you, I'm taking her side. <laughs> right. <laughs> Wait, can you Pride mad at you? And what I thought was kind of... This is where I talk about pale imitations, because once Claremont leaves, the relationship to Logan and Jubilee is not a training one. It's more of a... It, it's very surface level. Yeah, absolutely. It's... It felt like they took the wrong lessons from what... Chris did with Kitty. Like he gave them the blueprint. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. It's, they were like, well, yeah. she's young and a girl. Yeah, and that's not that's not what it's it, it shouldn't be creepy. And, and not even saying that it was creepy, but there's not, there's I didn't want to do yeah, that. you know, no, it, it, it's, and it's not that. But I want to say to the people, it's not. I've seen some people try to make that creepy. It's not. It never feels like that way. But. The relationship between Wolverine and whoever he's taken under his wing should be, it's a good one. It's always, it's always. It makes him feel like a dad. Right, right. It's, it, 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 honestly, it's, it's Batman and his Robins in ways. But, but, but they're, but they're usually, I think, and I think that was the thing with Jubilee is it felt like at times, I know they've done some weird things for later on. It, it never got to the, it never got to the point of, of Kitty because Kitty was allowed to then really kind of grow on her own for the longest time. Even if you go back, I mean, I know we all have Disney Plus now, and you can kind of uh, watch um, some animated series. They never so really, excited. huh? Yeah, they 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 never really let Jubilee be more than just the sidekick for the longest right. time, and you didn't get that way with Kitty, right? Kitty had the other thing. The the, uh, the difference between Kitty was Kitty. Kitty also had the opportunity to kind of be on her own because you had the new mutants. You had her being the youngest, uh, the youngest of the X Men, and 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 nobody. You had her not only being um, taken under the wing by Wolverine, but you also had her being taken under the wing by uh, uh, Storm, and you had her relationship with Eliana. Uh, uh, you had her her dating Peter. Like you had all these other other aspects for kitty that made her into a fully fledged human being with jubilee you didn't always get that right she was always kind of like 
this kid who was kind of tagging along with Wolverine for the longest time. Um, she wasn't only tag along because that's the thing too. I want to say this also becomes the 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 period of the tag along. Uh, because in a way, uh, Gamut is the same way. <laughs> He's basically Storm's tag along for the longest time. Um, uh, that uh, his first cameo, I want to say, is an annual. But obviously, yes. the first um, what is it? Is it like annual fourteen? What I can't remember what exactly. Yeah. Because I actually have the first full appearance. Everybody knows. Oh, sh- everyone, uh, let me not say everybody. Was uh, Uncanny 266. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I mean, it, so here's the thing. Quick Chris trivia. That was the first first appearance. Uh, se- my second first appearance I got. My first first appearance ever was uh, Rogue. Um, uh, Avengers Annual number 10. And then I, oh, but I always wanted to get the Uncanny X-Men 266 for, for Gambit. Um, yeah, it was Uncanny X-Men Annual 14. So it was his first cameo. Um, but quietly under all this, so there's a whole thing with, uh, I, I think, what is it? The, the, were they at Mojo World? What was it? They were dealing with um, uh, the Cyborg Nanny and there's a while, and they're also in the Savage Land. There's a bunch of, it's kind of all over the place a little bit. Um, well, but, he knows it's almost over, so he's kind of jumping around. Like, yeah, he's kind of jumping around. I'm touch. Da, 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 da. Well, he's jumping around a little bit, and but then and 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 but then I feel like you get the footing again because he's jumping around a little bit, and you get the Reavers kind of attacking. Uh, and uh, in between there, uh, there's a another big uh, uh, dispersal of the X Men. People think that uh, that Storm is dead. Turns out she's not dead, but she was transformed into a, a, a child and uh, has lost her memory and is in a hospital. But this also brings up seating the Shadow King for later on. Um, so you have around uh, between 250 and I want to say uh, so 251 and 252 are when Jubilee and, and Wolverine kind of team up against the, the, the Reavers. Uh, later on, you get uh, the Reaver deciding that with Lady Deathstroke that they're going to uh, kill all the mutants and blow up Mirror Island. Uh, so there's a big battle there that leads to the death of Destiny uh, is, is killed. And again, X-Men kind of scattered there. Uh, and then we get the, these stories from, I want to say, 264 through like 268, which is the story of the Shadow King trying to track down and ca- recapture Storm as in this young body who doesn't remember, doesn't fully remember that she's an X-Men. She knows she has these powers. She's kind of gone back to her uh, skill set uh, from Cairo of being a thief. And she teams up with, with uh, Gambit because Gambit kind of finds her. And um, he becomes basically like her partner in all of this. Um, and so that's where we get Gamut kind of becoming into the X-Men fold here. Um, and, uh, another big thing we should probably mention is, uh, issue 266, the Jim Lee does the cover, cover everyone you kind of see. 268 is when he takes over for the artwork and terrors as well. And, and, th- and, th- and this is important. This is one of those times because I think was it they started shipping it like thrice monthly in the summer or twice monthly yeah. in the summer. So this is where like Mark Silvestri, Sil- Silvestri and Jim Lee become household names. Yeah, and I think it's important because I, I want to say around the time that 
you start getting the Jim Lee art, I feel like the consistency, and not to say that um, Claremont wasn't being consistent with the story, but it stops jumping around a little bit, a little bit less, and you start getting more of a really towards that race towards the finish of all right, you know what? I'm leaving and I'm leaving it in 280. Let's start wrapping some of this stuff up and being more coherent with some of the stories and and bringing everything back together a little bit. And you kind of start getting that when you get a consistent art art uh, art team on the book because it's a while where the artwork is kind of iffy. Um, but then when you get that Jim Lee art. Again, if you were a 90s kid, you know what that means. And you know what that looks like. And part of us, and part of us saying it's iffy is the, is the very fact that we were raised on this. Yeah. Yeah. This was a paradigm shift in comics. Yeah. And, and the reason why I say it's iffy, it's not even like the artwork is bad, but we all know this. If you, if, you, if, if you don't have a consistent artist with your, your, as you're reading a story, it's jarring. So when you see characters drawn a certain way, one issue, and then another issue, they're drawn another way. It does take you out of the story. It just does. You're right. Um, and so, and some of it was bad, but like for the most part, for me, if he comes down, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta mention that. But for me, the bigger, the the bigger thing is, um, you just don't have that consistency in the artwork, and I think I, I really do believe the artwork is such a big part of the telling the story. So Jim Lee coming in, um, is. Uh, and again, as '90s kids, you know what that you you know what it what Jim Lee X Men artwork looks like. You just do that. Probably is what because you know that everyone else has been trying to do it for the rest of, for the next ten years. Everyone else is trying to do it too. Yeah, exactly. And so when you put that Claremont and and and, and Jim Lee together, you 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 know what you see, right? Um. For a while until they start fighting and Claremont leaves X Men after three issues. Yeah, there's that too. So, well, yeah, but, I mean, it happened. Yeah, I mean, it is. Yeah, so I get it. But, um, so oh, what was I gonna say? So around this time, also we are. Uh, let's see, what do I have here? Uh, oh, so issue two sixty eight, which is where Jim Lee actually started doing the interiors. It's also the issue where. Uh, we kind of, um, that's the issue that has Cap, Black Widow, and Wolverine on the cover. And Which is such a weird footnote. That's his first X-Men full interiors. Yeah, it, it is. Because it's also such a weird story, because I'm like, oh wait, is this like a story about how, how Captain America and, and Wolverine saved a young, <laughs> a young Natasha Romanoff from, yeah, being, yes, it from, is. Being, from being kidnapped? And at one point, she calls Wolverine uncle, and I'm like... What the hell am I? What the hell? Like, <laughs> are we treading water so we can pad these stats until we know we get to the ending arc? Maybe. Yeah. Just wait. Are we? What are? I just like. There's so much stuff that I'm like. Wait a minute. This is. This brings way it's more. Super yeah, it's super. It comes out of nowhere. I'm just like, wow, that's interesting. Um, but then, two seventy starts extinction agenda, which goes through not just on. It only is two two uncanny uh, three uncanny issues. Uh, 270, 271, and 272, but it also covers in, I want to say, X-Factor and New Mutants. And just to let everyone know at this point, we're not covering this right now, but go back and listen to our our cable issue. At this point, New Mutants are being not led by uh, Magneto, but they're being led by Cable. So, And there's a new group of New Mutants with that. So a lot of the New Mutants you know are different. We have um, Boomer, we have Richter still around, Sunspot is around too, 
And we have a couple Richter of... Wasn't around. Richter's from one of the executioners. Oh, you're right. Terminators, excuse me, who was running with X-Factor, and they got dumped off from the New Mutants kids. You're right. You're right. You're right. So it's it's it's, it's very weird. Again, we covered a little bit more of that in, in the clip cable issues of when cable shirts showing up for the New Mutants. So you can see what that team is like. Um, the Extinction Agenda is basically uh, two things. One, uh, the Genosians never forget. Like the Alamo? No. Uh, and two, neither does Cameron Hodge. Um, so we, time. we covered Cameron Hodge, I want to say probably back in part two a little bit. He was with the right. Uh, we thought he got killed. No, he's still alive and turned into a cyborg. Well, should we talk about Siege Perilous first for a second? Yeah, let's go ahead and do that. So leading into this, that's when we go through some shit. And essentially, the only way out of there... I don't want to get too deep into it because it's kind of a weird story. But it ends with them going through the gate called the Sheep's Perilous, which would let them basically live different lives. It's how Storm got turned into a kid. It's how Peter ended up painting in Russia. And it's how Alex Summers ends up working for the Genosian government. Mm-hmm. It's how Betsy ends up in an, in an Asian assassin's body. Yeah, yeah. If everyone's wondering, like, why is everyone, why is why is uh, Psylocke actually British? This is why. Yeah, and it's one of those things that that right there tells me Claremont wasn't planning on leaving. Mm-hmm. He was seeding stories on his way out, man. Yeah. Like, I look at what he did with Siege Perilous as basically him shaking the game board to make it fun for himself again. Mm-hmm. He had a plan for everything he unleashed there. And because of conflicts between Bob Harris and Jim Lee and Chris Claremont, somehow the artist fucking won. Yeah. And there are a lot of people who love Image Comics, and I get that. I understand it. I, too, am of the 90s. But this is one of the reasons why I will never hold that stuff in high regard as I could. Because the formation of that company killed X-Men. And that's me overstating it largely because there's good X-Stories. But for, like, this Claremont run that wasn't supposed to be ending. That was it. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like you said, um, Rogue is in. That's, that's also where you get the Rogue and Magneto kind of thing. Because I know there's a while you get this Rogue um, Magneto kind of bond, um, which later gets gets we get we get it several different times. It comes up again in issue one of the X Men series, and it obviously comes up again in. Uh, 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 Age of Apocalypse, where Rogue and, and Magneto are literally a couple and have a kid. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah. this is where that comes in. Like you said, Slot gets you know is is has her body is is in the hand of the the hand and gets her body body switched with uh Quanin. I, I think I can't remember say Quanon. Yeah. Um, not not the Q thing from uh these idiots from Trump, not that. See, you uh, don't know. I'd have to let people know. Not, we're not doing that. Uh, like you say, uh, Colossus becomes an artist. But the Colossus artist thing is, goes all the way back to when we first met Peter. He was, he exactly. was drawing. 
he was drawing in there, right? He was all the way there. Um, and uh, he became the artist, but it's also kind of gotten his get into the the hands and clutches of of uh, the Shadow King later on. Um, uh, Dazzler's a movie star, and then, like you said, Havoc becomes a Genosian magistrate. Um, I wish I could conv- like it's so many different things rolled in the one with the did with Genosha. Mm-hmm. Like allegories for oppressed peoples. Oh, it's all over the place. Like there's that one point in there where uh, they do this thing on one of the the issues. I can't remember which one it is. I was reading, I was reading a um a trade paperback of of uh, of um extinction agenda, and they are cut to different people asking asking them what they thought about what the Genosians are doing. And at one point, they cut cut to a black black man professor he's bringing up the whole thing about you know he brings up slavery and you can't really trust people who are keeping slaves and things like that it's like they are not subtle about what they're doing with genosha here and you got to remember that this is in 1989 1990 this is not a time where this is an easy thing to say this is a time when nelson mandela was 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 held up as an enemy by our government Mm -hmm. we supported an apartheid state in south africa and Chris Claremont was like, okay, look, let's show you what it looks like in the four color. Yeah. Yeah. It, like I said, it, all of this stuff, and again, the entire time he's been running this stuff has been like this and has been, mm-hmm. um, been really, really intriguing to read and see how it goes and, 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 and what they do with it. So you have, again, this covers all these. The Genosian is basically, and again, the Genosians are. Uh, are being influenced uh, by Cameron Hodge, who has his own, um, pretty much own agenda <laughs> for for dealing yes. with the for, for why he's the the, uh, the X Men. Uh, he let's just say he's not happy with them. Um, and uh, what you get here is uh, a whole story about um, and. and once again, bringing all the X teams together because X Factor has to get sent in. Uh, Val Cooper basically says, "I can't officially send you in to get them because the Genosians basically attack uh, the X Men and the New Mutants on the lawn of in New York. They mm-hmm. make, they make they they basically they came to the front gate. They basically commit an act of international terrorism, and the U.S. government was like, "No, stop! Don't! You can't do that." Even though it was completely wrong, um, so uh, the X Men have to go. The X Men, New Mutants, the rest of the New Mutants, and uh, X Force have to literally go and try to rescue uh, who gets taken. It's uh, Rain, Storm, uh, uh, who was it? Was it Richter and Boomer? All of yep. them get taken. Uh, so the X-Men, they literally go and try to rescue them. And again, just to kind of refresh you guys' memory and what they're doing over in um, Genosha. Remember, uh, the, the um, what was he called? The Gene, oh God, why do I keep? Gene Engineer. The Gene Engineer uh, is still the same one from before that we had all the way back in those issues from 230. Again, this is 270. This is 40 issues later. We're right back here with the Gene Engineer. Because he, several times he's mentioning how, oh, this wouldn't have been bad if my son hadn't gone and turned his back on me just because I wanted to basically turn his, turn his, uh, his girlfriend into a, 
into a slave for us. Uh, the Genosians are basically pissed because they're like, and they, the reason why they even let the, the, the president of Genosia even lets Cameron Hodge in here is because the way they see it is the, uh, and I can't remember the, the one, the, the, the girl they rescued, the, 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 um, the mutant that the X-Men rescued, they see any of the mutants, the Genosian mutants as their property. It, right. it is literally, it is literally a runaway slave type deal. You are a runaway slave. You all have you guys helped kidnap one of our runaway slaves. You all are committed terrorist acts against us. You yeah, took one. Property. You took our property. Like at one point, Val even says, "Like yeah, they don't even call her by her name. You guys took as far as they're concerned, like nine eight seven five or something like that. Like that's that's what, all the magistrates have numbers. Yeah. Like it's so many things that Chris Cameron's like, I'm going to hit you over the head with this shit, which is always what's getting people like you know, comics should be political. Even in the 90s, the boom period, it was political. Hella political. Nothing but political. I mean... Undeniably so. They weren't trying to hide any of this stuff, you know? Um, and, and so what you get here in this whole thing is this battle to try to rescue uh, the um, Storm and the rest of the New Mutants and... Uh, I'll I'll be honest here. Uh, Cameron Hodge and and and, and the notion to kind of winning here. I I brought it up here is Lucas Hamilton with the teacher, and he was at there being asked uh, what they thought about uh, Genosha and said he says, "Are you surprised that a slave society would go to such length to go to any lengths to smash anyone, uh, smash the one force capable of challenging its supremacy? Me, I'm surprised they didn't do it sooner. That's in this issue." Claremont's right. not trying to hide what any of this stuff is. He's not trying to hide what the uh, belief is. And they also do things like they have uh, Emmanuel DaCosta, who gives no comment. Uh, at one point, I want to say Boomer's father is asked, and he's basically like, oh, fuck her. She should have, she, she, you know, she's a, she's a filthy mutant. She should get what she's got coming to her. Like, it's, all this stuff is happening. Like, they, he does not pull punches on any of it um at all so and again you got to realize because again uh alex is now a magistrate there's that i want to say is x factor 70 or 60 is that cover where you have uh alex and and scott whooping each other's asses on the cover of that that x factor cover Mm -hmm. Um, it's, a it's, a, it's a great cover <laughs> it's a great cover i also love later cover. on the series uh when um confronted like a second a second time alex and alex confronts uh uh scott with a gun and he's like yeah your power can work against this and scott basically goes up to him and it's like yeah but i'm your older brother because it's kind of alex doesn't remember any of this stuff he's like yeah but i'm your older brother and you've never been able to beat me <laughs> you know what you can't do beat my ass right you can't well, beat like, me you can't beat me in a fair so fight fun. and i'm just like hmm. point scott like it just one of those things you got when you read these things. It's like this isn't the Scott that people tell me about. Like when you read the Claremont runs, <laughs> it's not the Scott. Like the 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 Scott the 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 um uh uh kind of asshole Scott from later on when he's basically become Magneto himself. It's not that far off. <laughs> like I'm like. Right. I'm not. It's not. A, that was not the end of the Scott under Claremont. Yeah, it's it's like I I feel like that badass. Like, like you read Scott Summers in X Men One, you're like, oh, he's a badass. Yeah, 
yeah, yeah. It's like I feel like we kind of under- gambit. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like, mm, yeah, I feel like I feel like we kind of underplay uh, how much of a asshole Scott can be. So, um, oh yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean this 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 uh, like the X Men take some losses here. Uh, one, this is the death of Warlock. Um, yeah. but, but also kind of sets up towards the end for the combination of Warlock and, and, and Doug Ramsey, uh, because they Doug basically, pour, uh, yeah, Doug Lock, they basically pour, uh, uh, Warlock's ashes over the grave of, uh, leave his, his ashes where the grave of, um, Doug Ramsey is. And that kind of leads to the combination of those two later down the line. But Warlock is killed by Cameron Hodge when Hodge is trying to uh, absorb him and, and take the techno virus for himself. Uh, techno organic virus for himself to kind of basically improve his cybernetics. He ends up killing off um, Warlock. So and Warlock dies early on, and ties back to mutant massacre. Yeah, yeah, ties back to mutant massacre. And the thing about it is, the entire time Warlock is dead, but the entire time you're because they even mentioned it before. It's like oh, he'll come back. You you're, entire time you read this, you're like yeah. oh, Warlock will be back. He'll be he's not really dead because at the end they even they were able to bring back. Everybody's powers, because basically the engineer, they start realizing that Cameron Hodge is probably not the best look. Like it's one of those things where Cameron Hodge is so far to the right, the 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 um, Genosians basically become like Mitt Romney, right? When when like he's he, they're Mitt Romney and Cameron Hodge is Trump, and you're going like, yeah, Mitt Romney's an asshole, but we're not that big of an asshole. That's basically what happens here. So they basically team up with the to kind of help the X Men, and the engineer basically had turned uh, a turned rain into a a a, a, um, a, a mutate and 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 made it so that uh, and we'll, we'll get into what happens with her a little bit. Storm gets turned into mutate as well, but he basically uh, uh, fixes her so that if she touches any of the other X Men. Her powers will be restored, and she'll be able to restore their powers. He basically has her as a as a as a secret weapon against Cameron Hodge, because uh, he doesn't trust Hodge. Um, what happens? Uh, so Storm is able to basically uh, ends up being able to restore everyone else's powers. The issue with Rain is that Rain basically has to stay in her werewolf form because if she goes back to her human form, she'll still be a mutate. Um, so it was a, a, a thing that happened with her. Like, there's some la- lasting issues that happen at the end of uh, Extinction I- Agenda uh, that don't get kind of quickly undone. Um, Rain actually decides to stay at Genosha. The Genosha, Genosha becomes a little bit more, not, I don't want to say mutant friendly, but the magistrate they leave in charge promises to, uh, to kind of end the uh, segregation and the abuse of the mutants, they end up quote unquote destroying Cameron Hodge and arresting the president or sending the president to a mental hospital or something like that. Um, and the X Men and, and X Factor and the rest kind of squeak out of there by the skin of the teeth, but not without losses. You know, it's it's right. kind of hard. Like they they barely get out of there, um, and that brings us to again two seventy and. What follows there, I want to say, is the last kind of mad dash to um, the Mirror Island, Island saga uh, and, and, the, and, the, and the Shadow King. 
it, it's really cool. I think that this was interesting because for the first time since, I guess, Inferno, the three Xbox kind of wove together. Yo, absolutely. Like, you, you can see that this is, this is literally the final run with, uh, with Claremont getting ready to put all the pieces back together. Right. Um, and saying, all right, it's time to bring Scott, Gene, and Bobby, and, and, and Hank, and, and even Warren, right? Because at this point, again, don't cover this because in Simon's book, Warren's now Archangel. Has gone through a whole thing with him, you know, and his and his metal wings and being death and all these other things coming in here, um, and uh, it all comes leading to this of the Shadow King comes a knocking because he's like, yeah, um, hey Charles Xavier, remember I'm meeting in Uncanny X Men one time one seventeen where he left me in that astral plane, basically drooling in my body. Yeah, I'm coming back. I'm coming for you now. He had taken over the body. I'll go over everything you love. Yeah. Because even if you go back to the, 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 the uh, storm issues with, with Gambit, um, at this point, what happened was uh, the Shadow King had taken over the body of, uh, what was the name of the, oh, fuck. What was the name of the, Jacob Reese. It was a, a FBI agent. He had taken taken over the body of that FBI agent and had been using that FBI agent and basically having these FBI credentials to basically quietly rain hell down on the X Men. He uh, is able to uh, uh, take um, uh, the he takes over Legion. Uh, he's also controlling Moira Mattaggart. And Val Cooper, he basically has Val Val Cooper as a slave and sends her to kill Mystique. Um, he's trying to capture Storm. Like all this stuff has kind of happened. Like Extinction Agenda happens, uh, but like the Shadow Kings are also doing all this stuff in the background as well. Um, right. And uh, yeah, he basically um, uh, it all comes ahead. So everybody basically. At one point, he's on Mir Island. He's basically having mutant fight clubs in a pit <laughs> in on on Mir Island. That's not accurate. No, I'm. He's literally doing that. Like you know, strongman and 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 rogue have a fight out in the in a, in a pit. Um, and he's manipulating everybody. He's basically manipulating that. Uh, I think he, he made it seem like. Oh no, Moria wants to zap is it's to help people kind of generate their powers and, and, and control their powers. It's not that at all. It's literally just him being um um uh, an asshole. Um and the X-Men, you know, go to try to stop him. Uh but at the end of the, under, under, uh under all of this, Xavier knows it it has to be him. And it's so wild because when you talk about him putting the toys back. He really doesn't hear because he even reversed them for those ten issues in between. They're wearing like the the they're back in team uniforms. Mm-hmm. Even the aesthetic, like they go back to individual uniforms after that. But he takes them all the way back to those roots. It's a new X Men who are going to look like X Men. Mm-hmm. And I I thought that thematically, obviously the the full circle of everything and bringing everything back together. I thought that the execution, obviously, it's beautiful. It's Jim Lee. It's just, man, I look back at it now, I'm like, I can't believe they pulled it off. Like, he really did everything he wanted to do. 
they still had more plans. Like, you look at the stuff that comes out of this. X-Factor becomes um, government sponsored with, with uh, Val Cooper. Everyone pretty, he pretty much wipes Muir Island off the, off the map for a while. Yeah, Legion, he, Legion is in a coma. Legion, a brain-dead Legion that you can't believe he's actually brain-dead. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like eventually that leads to Legion Quest. That's how we get to Age of Apocalypse. So I'm not going to say it was misused. I'm just saying that Claremont had plans, my friends. Yeah. Like, so here are the after effects of when Claremont leads at 80 after this Mirror Island saga. Siren, who is, uh, I want to say is, uh, is Banshee's daughter, joins X-Force. Uh, Polaris and Havoc join Val Cooper for, uh, for the new Freedom Force, which later becomes X-Factor. And when most people think about X-Factor in the 90s, that's, that's what you're thinking about. Peter, David, and those fucking idiots. Yeah, yeah. You're thinking, you're thinking about that. Um, you see, because you got Jamie Madrix, Madrix, who's on that team as well. Uh, let's see, the original X-Men are back with the, with, with, uh, the leave X-Factor and join uh, the X-Men. And again, going back to what I said before, you get the formation of the blue and gold teams. Um, so the blue team was led by Cyclops. Uh, it has Cyclops, Wolverine, Gambit, uh, Slock, Rogue, and Beast. And the gold team, led, again, led by Storm. Storm is always oh, oh, Storm's always here. Storm, Archangel, Gene, Iceman, and Colossus. The gold uh, X, uh, Xavier's back in the wheelchair. The gold team stays in the un- uncanny book. Again, the storm. Le- so again, like you said the plans, right? Storm stays in the X book, and the blue team is going to covered in X Men, and that's where you get Claremont in that book for X Men one, one and three, where. Um, even bringing back uh, them, the the their their first go is against Magneto. You know, and even then, you open with them training in the danger room, and your first opponent is Magneto. Well, and even then, and even then, in that run again, using the subtleness of not even subtleness, using Claremont writing how he's written, even in those first two issues, Magneto again is a. I don't want to say he's not a villain. I don't want to say he's not a sympath- he's a sympathetic figure, but he's not the straight out evil, just caricature of a villain that you would make. He's literally at one point he's literally just chilling on his own, and people keep coming up to his his his, his doorstep. He's just like, if y'all motherfuckers don't stop fighting on my fucking lawn, <laughs> you know, uh, that's where he he raises the Leningrad, you know, the 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 the, the submarine that he sunk. That we came up in uh, again during his trial in issue 200. He raises that to take the nuclear weapons. He's basically like, if you guys are going to keep fighting on my doorstep, I'm going to take these nuclear weapons and I'm going to be in space. This is where I don't think he, because uh, Asteroid M has already been destroyed, but I think this is where he's going to form Avalon. And I don't know, does he form Avalon at the end of issue two? Yes. He does. He forms Avalon and that becomes. A, a, a thing that's and even though Claremont isn't writing these it becomes a thing that's sitting in the background when you get to um, Fatal Attraction like that is basically setting up for that, that later on in the line that big crossover that happens and that big confrontation with, with um, Magneto that has some long lasting consequences all that starts with that those first two uh, issues in, in X-Men with that blue team yep all comes from there um, so like you said, even though this is the end of X- Claremont's run, he's put all the pieces back into the box so that, again, 
people take it and run with it. Sometimes they, they drop the ball, but all the things you think of when you think of X-Men, nine, uh, 90s X-Men, a lot of the, almost all the good things have some kind of tie back to what Claremont set up and, and, and put in place from there. Like, and when you go back and you read all these issues, like that's the thing that's gotten me about reading all these issues. We started with what? Um, was it what issue 95? When did he start? It was somewhere yeah, around that, God. right? 95, all the way through 280, right? And then these three issues here. Like, there's a lot. When you go back and read this, you see how much stuff of what we know of the X Men comes from there. You know? Right. X, the uh, last number I've seen so far on X Men. One uh, selling is like 8 million copies. And it doesn't sell that way if Claremont hadn't set so much stuff up to this point. If he hadn't made these characters and the characters that we all wanted to read, that X-Men number one doesn't sell like that. 8 million fucking copies? What the fuck? Like, that's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, and granted, it's selling that much. You can make arguments about that, then kind of over-commercialize the, the X-Men and some of these books, and we, we, can, we can you can have that discussion. You like, it's, it it's comic books. Yeah, it's not, it's, it, I'm not going to sit there and try to say that there aren't, you know, bad things that came out of all that stuff, but when you look at the characters that we all come and know and love, all this stuff is set up. You, you, you're left with uh, all the characterizations of, of characters we know. Uh, shortly after he leaves, um, you get uh, Bishop showing up. Like seven issues later in, 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 in X-Men, in Uncanny X-Men. Um, we... The, the, just, like I said, the X-Men you know. There's still debate over how much of that was Claremont plot. Right, right. Because again, he's actually, I want to say he's actually credited up until like to the 290s. Right. Um, he quote unquote left in 280, but they're still they're still lingering. You can just tell for a long for a, for a while they're still lingering. Uh, Claremont feels for at least another ten to fifteen issues afterwards. Um, he's officially gone at 280, but I, like I said, I, I want to say his name is still on the book on those books. I want to say. I could be wrong on that, but I want to say he's still kind of there in some of those. So there's a lot of stuff there, and I, and I have to say, and I kind of kind of mentioned that at some point we will kind of go. I would love to go through some of the Louise Simonson stuff, just because you got to get credit throughout this entire time. Um, Louise Simonson is right there with him, mm-hmm. you know, because this doesn't work if Simonson isn't also on her books in, in X Factor. And New Mutants, because remember, she's taking over new. She takes over New Mutants as well as writing so X Factor. Excalibur. Hmm. Yeah. So write Excalibur. Exactly. So you, in order to tell, and, and honestly, to really get a full feel for the entire stories of this, you need, you kind of do need to read all those books because they really give you the full picture. And so when you're reading something like um, Extinction Agenda, it all ties together. Even though Claremont only read, and, and again, that covers uh, uh, 
uh, Uncanny X Men, a two two seventy to two seventy two. But there's also New Mutants and X Factor in there, and Sawyer's is writing those books. But you know, still, it feels like one story. So right. you you have to give credit during this time as well of this unparalleled uh, uh, um, collaboration for writing the story. So there's one story, like literally saying, "I'm gonna write these this X book over here." You take the the five founding members of the X Men, and you take them <laughs> in the, you, and you form them in this book over here. Because there's there's one thing that happened in the the New Mutants books that we kind of we kind of mentioned. This is where Charles Xavier, who's out there, you know, gallivanting around the, the fucking universe with binary and the Star Jammers and and uh, Lalandra. We kind of uh, the the New Mutants get teleported up there and are, are dealing with him. He's like he gets caught up on what the fuck happened. He's like, wait, my my founding X-Men, they're a government-sponsored team that, what What the fuck am I doing? What am I missing right now? I got, he basically like, I gotta go back home at some point. <laughs> but it's, it's all tied, it's, it's all part it's, of the story. And then even, not to like bring it back full circle, but what's one of the last things Claremont does? Puts him back in the chair. Yeah. Literally. Space is cool, your girl is dope, time to come home, Chuck. Yeah. In them legs? Got to come up, off, got to come up off the plate, Joe. This is a good run, Wall. I mean, run. Oh, sorry. Well, <laughs> too soon. Too soon. Too soon. <laughs> um, but yeah, it happens during his fight with uh, the Shadow King. You know, the Shadow King in uh, in using Legion kind of gets his you know a parting shot in on on Charles Xavier with him losing his legs again. Ability to use his legs again. So. And we and again, so going back to that the, those those the first three X Men books, that's another thing too. So we started that that X Men number one with um, it was one of my my favorite things. The little they're doing the Danger Room sequence when uh the X Men have to split up and they're they're trying to capture Charles Xavier. Uh, and uh, what I love about it is again you get this back and forth between uh Wolverine and 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 and, and uh Scott. Because Wolverine at the time was like, yo, well, he's never been a kid, but it's like, we're not kids. We know our jobs. Because this is also kind of going into a new era of X-Men because now at this point, there are no kid books. Like, yeah. X-Factor, X-Factor is, is Havoc and Polaris. They're adult. The X-Men, two X-Men teams, adult books. At this point, New Mutants is not called New Mutants anymore. It's X-Force. They're probably the youngest team, but they're also not really kids. So, like at this point, we're we're no longer we've we've kind of evolved past that point of we need we 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 have kids. They're all adults in some some shape or form or fashion, and um, kind of dealing with there and it brings in a new dynamic of this. Kind of have to learn how to work as a team again, get everybody on the same page, and all the things that come with that. And from that point. Um, and I'll say this as we move on I, out of the, the, the Claremont era, I think this is also where you start seeing a lot of, um, attempts to get back to where Claremont was, right? Because when Claremont does the difference between, and I'm not saying that there weren't good crossovers after this, there were, um, but some of the differences were for the most part, when you had a crossover before it was two writers. Claremont mm-hmm. and Simonson. That was it. And you could tell that yes. you can tell that Claremont had an overall vision of what he wanted to happen 
and that happened. What you get later on in some of these other books is you get things coming in, but everything is just so drastically different. The art styles are drastically different. Like we get this is where you start getting executioner song. You get fatal attraction and all these other like really drawn out and and long, and not like they're bad, but they're a lot of issues. Um, and we get a lot of them frequently. Crossovers happen a lot. And again, it goes back to the idea of selling books, and so it becomes selling books and sell these crossovers and do all you're these things. That, you're chasing the big number. And you're chasing the, the big numbers. Number right. And I think it is so funny to me to see people talk about, <clears throat> you know, all these things are killing comics, stuff like that. I'm like, yeah, guys, I live in the nineties. I can't really, I'm not saying that you're necessarily wrong, but if we survive the nineties, we'll be all right. We'll, we'll, we'll persevere. We'll, we'll, we'll be okay. Nothing. I'm sorry. Nothing was, nothing was as bad and good as the 90s because oh boy we had some highs and we had some lows i don't want to talk about it right it's just not even like we're not even gonna go there but uh, i just gotta say that um going back through all of these issues man it's it was a joy it really was it was a joy to go back and see how what happens when you give a, a creator someone to play with this again it goes back to why i think we were so excited about the hickman stuff not just because it was hickman but also it's like what we have the opportunity to try to do. It, it, was, it was a sign of a commitment from the higher-ups. Right. And that's what you need. I, I, think, I think the X-Men work best when you have this kind of commitment to telling these kind of stories just because... And, and it also helps when... I think there's something else that it kind of changes after Claremont leaves. And it becomes more clear when you read the Claremont issues it was less focused on the, the characters you thought it would be focused on. So many people focus their stories after this on Charles Xavier or Gene and Scott or Wolverine. And when you go back to the Claremont issues, it's Storm. Storm is used. It's, it's it's, this is a, this is a, this is almost what a decade, decade and a half of Storm at the center and leading of this team. And People say, I want a storm solo movie. I go, cool, what storm story do you want to tell? And it is kind of a trick question because there is no great solo storm story, but also because her best stories are these stories. Yeah. It's the Claremont run of X-Men. Yeah. Because she's the leader of the X-Men, no matter what. And they all respect her as the leader of the X-Men. And and And, going through... watching them play off of her as the leader is what defines them as a family. Exactly. And, And... and I think that was a surprising thing there of finding out the different characters that we get to see shine through all these new characters coming in. Oh, there's a, there's the, you, by the time you end Claremont's run, you get, you get a really good um, understanding and growth of a lot of different characters. Like Rain Sinclair has, a, a, has a, 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 an incredible arc when you think about where she came from when you first meet her, you know, uh, basically being Moira Taggart's daughter when she gets adopted by Mora and taken into uh, under her wing to send over to Charles Xavier to be a, be a new mutant. You know where she ends up is is a far cry from that. Um, you have uh, Kitty Pride and where Kitty comes from and starts off at and where she ends up at is a far cry from that. Rogue, you know. 
we don't talk to her. We didn't bring up her a lot about this now, but we talked to her about her in, in her in her own character corner. But um, Carol Danvers. Yeah. I never never forget that Claremont basically brings back Carol Danvers and, and saves her from what the horribleness happened to her before. You know, he rescued her. He rescues Claire, uh, Carol Danvers. Like uh, the women of X Men, really are the focus of the Claremont series. Mm-hmm. They really are, and you know, not saying there's always good things that happen with them and things like that, but like there's no denying who the focus of these books. And it, I, I think, is one of the things that is was missing. From some other runs, we get them in other things like again. Um, <clears throat> the focus of um, Weeding's run is clearly Kitty, right? And it's clearly built off of the Claremont run. And there are certain other th- elements you can do with that and go from there. And I, I think that um, yeah, when they're they're at their best when they did that. And so that was the thing that came from me when I when I was reading through this and just seeing. Um, really the growth of the characters and where they come from, all this stuff, man, it's, it's incredible. It's, it, and, and I think I'm really glad we did this because you're right. It points out me, just reminds me first and foremost, everything you love about Marvel comics and, and X-Men comes from this run. Mm-hmm. And I say run, though it doesn't feel like sufficient. It feels reductive to call it like a run. This was a statement. This is, I mean, honestly, we're going to call it, this is the X-Men. When you say X- when you say the X-Men, and this is, takes nothing away from Stan Lee or anybody that wrote before, nothing away from them. But when you think, when, when, when most people think the X-Men, this is what you're thinking of. It just is. Yeah. Like, and it's because it's the longest running X-Men writing, writer we've ever seen. You know, and and the stuff he did define things for generations. We even covers like some of the other stuff we he, that he writes. We've covered in other character corners. That's how much it is. Like he remember at some point during all of this stuff, he goes off and he writes Wolverine. Yep. <laughs> he writes that Wolverine. I think it's two Wolverine miniseries because the 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 first uh, mini, and then there's the one with uh, uh, Kitty. And didn't he even write the Wolverine solo book for a while? Yeah. Was he writing that? Yeah. So it's like, again, like this, we didn't even, so we, and we covered that again in a Wolverine character corner uh, a couple years ago or something like that. So go listen to that. Like there's so much other stuff here. We, this is us cover, trying to cover the main X-Men books. And even then we had, to, you saw we had to spill out into the new mutants a little bit right there. But I think, and we didn't I even touch Excalibur. You just say with the stuff that we read. Yeah. You're able to see. He's so versatile in writing his characters because he understands the characters at their core. Yes. And I think that's why he was able to juggle so much is because he wasn't, and I, 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 to, I, I'm stealing from every writer who's ever talked about a comic book, but at a certain point, he understood the characters so well, he was just recording and writing down what he would hear them say. Like, he didn't have to find their voices. They were just there. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really cool place to watch a writer reach. Yeah, yeah. So, um, man, I'm done here. All right, all right, you got anything else you want to say about this? I mean, Make my Marvel man. This is one of those things that you read it and you fall back in love with the comics. Like, 
Uh, man, it's, honestly, like, it's, it's a high watermark. It's like I can't believe they did they did all this. Honestly, um, again, and we started this before we knew that Hickman was writing X Men and what he was doing with it. Right. I am so glad we did. I I'm so glad we read this, uh, and I can I can take this fresh knowledge in my head alongside what Hickman's doing. Because it just it, it, it amplifies it and, and, and supplements it. So I am I'm 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 grateful that we did this, man. It's to me, if this is gonna be the last character corner we do in twenty nineteen, I'm glad it was this. Like There might be some shorts. I might be doing some shorts. Oh yeah, I mean shorts and, and we still got the poll list coming, so there's all of that. Um so we got that stuff, but like the last actual numbered character corner, man, I'm glad it was You're this right. one. I'm 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 grateful for all the reading we had to do for this and stuff like that. So, um, so uh, like I said, we already kind of mentioned it before. Uh, Deepom's going to do some shorts. Maybe he'll do one. Uh, another update on Tim Drake and his new name and costume. No, no, that's going to wait. We're going to wait for the fix before I come back. To I don't want to talk. That was rude. We're having a great little podcast. We've got a great show today. This is what I was talking about. This is what the review. This is what I thought. This is why I thought it. <laughs> Don't laugh. That's not funny. It got is. No, it's kind of not. That's uh, right, though. I see you. All right. Well, I, look, if it makes you feel any better, I'm laughing because I'm crying inside as well. So there's that. Like, it's I'm, so bad. It is. It it's... is bad. Like I, I remember. I just for. We're not going to go into detail, but, the, but the, I texted. Uh, I sent a text to Devob going like, I I saw the title. I I, I made a joke about what his new name and costume would be, and then I actually read and saw what the actual name and costume was, and I was right, and I cried inside. It's like, God damn it. Um, we have uh, we'll have some, maybe some character corner shorts. We're gonna do the the last thing we'll do <clears throat> in 2019 will be the poll list. So stay tuned for that. We have a lot of stuff to talk about on that, and it gives me some time to kind of catch up on reading on some stuff. Uh, coming in 2020, I know we already said that. We need to do some DC stuff. We've been so far out of uh, doing um, uh, DC stuff uh, because we've been focused on the X-Men Claremont stuff. I want to do some DC stuff. I know we've talked about doing that uh, Green Lantern run. We're definitely going to do that. I'm all in. I already, I already read it. I'm ready to do it again. Uh, here's the thing, and I'm just bringing this up. Maybe I shouldn't bring this up now, but I'm just thinking... With the end of, of Arrow coming next year, should we do a Green Arrow one quick? A quick Green Arrow? You want to do that, 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 that run we both love? We can do that run we both love, but just, just in general, too. Uh, we haven't done a Oliver Queen character corner. Yeah, we have. No, we haven't. I we've, made Arrow Cave jokes. Of course we did. No, we, I mean, no, we've made Arrow Cave jokes all the time. We've never done... I, I looked. We, <laughs> we have not... We have not... We've actually not done Air, Oliver Queen. So... I don't know. Like we Wait, can talk really? about. Seriously? No, we haven't. We we have not. Let's do Ollie. Yeah. Let's so I, 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 I was like, you know, hey, you know, Stephen Mills already shot his last episode of Arrow. Uh, the the last episode comes in twenty in in, in January. So I feel like it would be fitting for us to kind of do our Oliver Queen character corner. That sounds like a plan. All right, so we'll 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 start we'll start next year with with a few DC stuff. So we'll do Oliver Queen. We'll get that Green Lantern run in there, um, and uh, we'll go from there. We have plenty of stuff to get ready, uh, and I'm really looking forward to it. This is some time to kind of start prepping for that and start reading for that. So, again, folks, um, thank you guys very much. I hope you guys enjoyed not only this episode but all the ones we've done on Claremont. I hope you can do all of our episodes, but particularly these Claremont ones. 
these have been special to, to Deepom and I. Like these have been, I think this, this, these, the X-Men ones are always special to us. Again, go back and listen to our Colossus and Kitty Pride one, our, our, our Summer's Brothers one, the one we did on, uh, on uh, a Wolverine, like all that stuff. We've we kind of been hit, jumping around some Claremont stuff. But to finally go through all of this stuff, I feel I feel really great about having done that. So, when, hope you guys enjoyed. When people say to me, "Why do you guys love comics?" This is it. Yeah, Chris Claremont specifically is the reason I love comic books. Yeah. Oh, all right. There you guys have it, folks. Thank you guys very much for listening. Make sure you guys subscribe, Character Corner, leave us a five star review. Make sure you subscribe, uh, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Spotify. Give us a listen. Till next time, we are out of here. Peace.